Hello and welcome to Truth Talks, brought to you by South African author, theologian and church leader, Dr. Christopher Pepler. Hello again. In my last podcast, which was called, Are These the End of the Days?, I spoke about the temple and the destruction of the temple. And I think I mentioned that there were three temples and said that I would like to deal with this in a future podcast. Well, this is the future podcast, so here goes. Now, dispensationalism usually includes the concept of a new millennial temple in Jerusalem. What they teach here is that the new Jewish temple in Jerusalem will be one of the last signs preceding the second coming of Christ and, of course, of his subsequent 1,000-year rule on earth. Their teaching is that Jesus will come in the air to collect up, rapture his saints, then he will defeat the devil and his demonic and human armies in the Battle of Armageddon, and then he will take up residence in the Jerusalem temple, while all of us, that is, the people in heaven and the people who have now been raptured and taken up into heaven, will stay in heaven for another thousand years while he rules on earth. The biblical warrant that they give for this belief is Matthew 24, verse 15, and 2 Thessalonians 1 through 12. Now, I don't agree with this particular end-time doctrine at all, and I'll tell you why. You see, King Solomon built the first temple in Jerusalem according to the plans that God had given to his father David. And when the temple was dedicated in about 1003 BC, the glory of God filled it as a sign of his presence. You'll read about that in 1 Kings 8 verses 10 to 11. But then, some 400 years later, the prophet Ezekiel had a vision of the glory of the Lord departing from the temple. That's in Ezekiel 10.18. And true enough, not long after that, Nebuchadnezzar II of Babylonia removed the holy artifacts from the temple, and then he later destroyed the whole temple. When the Jews returned from their exile in Babylonia, where he had taken them, they started to rebuild the temple. But this was only fully completed in 20 BC by King Herod. Well, it was not the same as the original temple, and God's glory wasn't in it until actually the year 90 AD. Yeah. You see, that's when Jesus was 12 years old, and he went into the temple, and he spent time with the teachers of Israel. And in him, the glory of God returned to the temple, but just infrequently when he visited the temple. Now, why is this? Well, because the glory of God was then embodied, not in the temple, but in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. He, not Herod's temple, was the true second temple. And in 30 AD, Jesus died on the cross, was resurrected, ascended, but a short while later, the third temple came into being. You see, just 10 days after Jesus ascended into heaven, the Holy Spirit birthed the church. No fancy building, no choirs and instruments, just 120 fervent disciples of Jesus. He came like a mighty fire and wind. And he filled every person gathered with his powerful presence.
Now, from that moment onwards, the church has been the place of the presence of God, the third temple. And by church, I mean every gathering of believers anywhere on earth at any time during the last 2,000 years. Paul wrote this, Consequently, you are no longer foreigners and aliens, but fellow citizens with God's people and members of God's household, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, with Jesus Christ himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple to the Lord. And in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. You'll find that in Ephesians 2, verses 19 to 22. So then, the first temple was built by Solomon, completed by Herod. The second temple was actually the body of the Lord Jesus Christ whilst on earth. And the third temple is the church. So what then is the millennial temple about? This temple that's still to come that people speak of. Well, the whole idea of a physical end-time temple is the product of what I mentioned earlier, dispensationist theory. And those who hold to this theory weave together several texts to make the case for a third physical temple. They take Matthew 24.15, which talks about the abomination of desolation standing in the holy place of the temple, as a proof text. And the assumption is that Jesus was referring to something other than Herod's temple, which was standing when, right there when Jesus made these comments. However, the evidence points to the discourse of Matthew 24, as referring to the temple of Herod's day, just before its destruction in 70 AD. The Roman general Titus, after a long siege of Jerusalem, occupied the temple, and shortly thereafter leveled and burned it to the ground. And Titus, who later became Caesar, stood in the holy temple with his soldiers and Roman emblems and ensigns, and his soldiers rampaged through the city, killing everyone they could, and in the end, a large number of Jews fled to the temple in the hopes of finding safety, but the soldiers overwhelmed and slaughtered them. The Roman historian, the ex-Israeli general, Joseph Josephus, recorded that the bodies were piled up in a huge heap in the temple, with the blood flowing in a flood over its floors. What an abomination! What an abomination of desolation, this pagan desecration of the temple and the sacrifice of thousands of humans where the blood of sheep used to be spilled for the sanctification of the nation of Israel. The second dispensationist idea is that if Jesus is going to return to reign on earth for a thousand years, then he must surely have a temple from which to operate, a sort of headquarters, right? <laughs> you know, many years ago, I went to a conference in Jerusalem organized by dispensationalist Christian business people. The main speaker told us that we should all convert our currencies into shekel, because in what he called the soon-coming millennium, the Jewish currency would be the only medium of exchange in the entire world. Now, can you believe it? Well, I heard it with my own ears. Well, you know what? When Jesus returns... He will require neither a physical temple nor a currency, that's for sure. 
Actually, the whole dispensationalist end-time scenario collapses like a house of cards because of its incorrect assumptions. It assumes that Jesus will come again not only for a second, but also for a third time. You know, once in the air to snatch up the church, called the rapture, and again after the battle of Armageddon to reside on earth for a thousand years. However, Jesus said nothing about coming again twice. He just spoke about coming again to judge. A second assumption is that Jesus was referring to an end-time temple when responding to his disciples' question about Herod's temple and when it would be dis- destroyed. That's in Matthew 24. You know, remember, they, they said, when is this beautiful temple that you're talking about can be destroyed? Because he had said this, you see this temple? Well, I tell you, it not a stone will be left standing. But this temple, pointing to himself, I guess, this temple I will raise up in three days. Now, while his teaching in Matthew 24 contains patterns and principles applicable to all ages for sure, his description of the destruction of the temple perfectly fits the 70 AD sacking by the Romans. This took place, by the way, exactly one Jewish traditional generation, that's 40 years after he made his statement, just as he said it would. Remember, he said, this generation shall not pass before these things happen. A third assumption is that the six verses in the book of Revelation that describe the millennium, that's um, Revelation chapter 20, verses 1 through 6, the assumption is that they refer to a literal 1,000-year reign and not a symbolic representation of the church age. Now, this is actually quite an assumption in the light of the almost entirely symbolic nature of the book of Revelation. If you want to read my ideas about the millennium and what it means and so on, then uh, best to try and get the book that I've written about this called Revelation in the Light of the Stars. You can get that on Amazon. Or you can go to my truthistheword.com and read the summary. It's an article called This Meddlesome Millennium. So if you look for that, you'll see in brief what I believe about the millennium. By the way, whilst on the subject of the book of Revelation, this is how John describes an aspect of the new Jerusalem. That's the depiction of the new heaven and earth. And this is in Revelation chapter 21, verse 22. He wrote, I did not see a temple in the city, because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. That kind of says it, right? Well, I mention this here because I believe that Jesus will come again just one more time, not twice. And when he does, he will first gather the believers still on earth to join the multitude that is already with him. Then he will deal with Satan, he will judge the nations, he will establish a new merger of heaven and earth. It's what I call heaven-earth, the final consummation of the creation. There will be no need for a temple, or anything like today's church, in fact, in this new realm, because Jesus will be tangibly and eternally among his people, both spiritually and physical. For the spiritual and physical will come together and be merged. Heaven will come to earth. Earth will be taken up into heaven. So, instead of looking for a new temple to be erected in Jerusalem, let's rather look for the second coming of Jesus on the clouds with great glory. And till he comes, we are the temple on earth, the place of his presence. 
as his word went out from Jerusalem and then through the person of Jesus Christ, so it now goes out from the church. As the temple was the house of prayer, so now is the church. And all this will be the case until Jesus comes again. The church is important. The church is the temple of God made with living stones, and that's us. And we have the great privilege of being the place of His presence in this age. Thank you for listening to Truth Talks from Truth Is The Word Ministry. If you'd like to share your views, read up on related topics, or purchase one of Dr. Pepler's books, please visit his blog on truthistheword.com. And remember, truth is